know what they say, a body's a temple. And isn't it sacrilegious to be sweating all over it? I prefer my way of staying in shape. I can bench press a five ounce martini. Just as you drink to deal with life's frustrations, I run. Hey, MASH fans, welcome back to another episode of the MASH 4077 podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Hi, gentlemen. Today, we have a very special guest. Tim will be joining us for the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Thank you very much. Of course. You're in Australia. I know it's like, what, wee hours in the morning for you. Yeah, it is 3 a.m. right now. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I really appreciate you joining us at the the early hours. Today, we're going to be discussing Season 11, Episode 9, Run for the Money. It's the 249th episode overall, directed by Nell Cox, story by Mike Farrell, Elias Davis, and David Pollack. Teleplay by Elias Davis and David Pollack, originally aired on December 20th, 1982, and the production code is 9B03. I've been looking forward to lunch all morning. Breakfast cereal do that. Hey, father! How come when you gave up amateur boxing, you didn't give up road work? Well, this is how I stay in shape. You know what they say, a body's a temple. And isn't it sacrilegious to be sweating all over it? I prefer my way of staying in shape. I can bench press a five-ounce martini. Well, just as you drink to deal with life's frustrations, I run. Although I will admit today it's not working out so well. I'm just coming back from the orphanage. That place is falling apart. They don't have enough heating fuel, enough food. They don't even have a decent roof over their heads. Bulletin, bulletin, hot news is good news. Father, your legs are going to have company. What is it now, Claire? Jessup McFarlane has been assigned to the 4077th. Great, he can take my place, whoever he is. Jessup McFarland just happens to be a world-class 100-yard dash man from Ohio State. This is amazing. Just yesterday, as I was elbow deep in my sixth bowel resection, it occurred to me, what this hospital really needs is a good 100-yard dash man. But you don't understand. He barely missed making the 52 Olympics by a tenth of a second. Who cares? What's with him? Ah, you know how he is. Little things get him down. War, orphans. Well, I got just the thing to pick up everybody's spirits. See, the 8063rd MASH has a real good sprinter, Earl LeMasters. They love to sucker the other units into putting somebody up to race against him. Now, we'll have McFarland, but they won't know McFarland's coming. Get the picture? Oh, sure. We bet the 8063rd that our best man can beat their best man. Right! They'll think we're being conned because they won't know we've got McFarland. We'll get odds. We'll clean up. Exactly! Not interested. Me neither. Hey, aw, guys, this is a sure thing. And the plot summary for this episode, Father Mulcahy must save the camp's honour in a high-stakes foot race against the 8063rd. Hawkeye, BJ and Hot Lips each bet on it. Meanwhile, Charles tries to help Private Walter Palmer, a patient who suffers frequent verbal abuse from his fellow soldiers due to a speech impediment. Pluck the 8063rd. Yeah, like a dead chicken. We got a guy coming here that can run rings around their ringer. If everybody puts up one week's pay, we can all clean up on the race of the century. I'll give you a whole year's salary. You? How come? I'd do anything to get even with their head nurse, Major Judy Parker. Or, as every sailor in the fleet affectionately calls her, Parallel Parker. (laughs) Sounds like there's a wonderfully sordid story behind that, Margaret. I don't want to go into any details, but it has to do with the rather unsavory way she commandeered the chief petty officer from the USS Coral Sea. 
I'm in for a week's pay. How about you, Stiffs? No, 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 thank you. no, no, no. Come on, you two aren't gonna deny Major Houlihan her inalienable right to revenge, are you? Let her get even with her own money. Yeah, I, I know. can't believe you guys. McFarland took third in the NC2As. That's as close as you can get to the Olympics without being singed by the torch. Klinger, try to remember this. Forget it. Please, please, don't let this one get away. Okay, okay, okay. Did anybody ever tell you you're irresistible when you grovel? Oh, thank you, sir. I'll put up a day salary. So will I. What? What? Well, it's against my better judgment, but usually my better judgment is no better than my worst judgment, so... Just a day salary? The 8063rd will laugh in our faces. Come on, you creeps. Where's your guts? We gotta strike now before yeah. they know we've got McFarland. We'll get great odds. Well? Oh, what the hell? All I do with a week's salary is lose it in a poker game anyway. I'm in. Me too. What I don't throw away here, I send home to Peg, and she throws it away on stuff like groceries and shoes for the kid. You won't regret this. We're gonna walk out of this war rich men and women. God knows the only reason I came to Korea was for the money. And for our guest stars, we have Philip Brock, who plays Private Walt Palmer. Uh, Philip Brock was born on December 25th, 1953 in Santa Monica, California, just down the street from me. As Philip Leslie Brock, he's an actor known for American Ninja in 85, Highlander 2, The Quickening in 91, and Enough Said in 2013. We have Thomas Calloway, who plays Captain Sweeney. Thomas Calloway is known for Young Guns. In 1988, Simon and Simon in 1981, and Soap 1977. And we have Barbara Tarbuck as Major Judy Parker. Barbara Tarbuck, born January the 15th, 1942, passed away December the 26th, 2016, was an American film, television and stage actress from Detroit, Michigan. Best known for her role as Lady Jane Jacks in General Hospital. I watched General Hospital, I don't remember her in that I, I don't even know what General Hospital is. It's a soap opera. It's American soap opera. I watched it with my mom as a kid. Oh, mate, there's only, there's only two kinds of soap operas, and that's Neighbours and Home and Away. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a massive, Tim, I'm a massive Neighbours fan, mate. I love it. We know, we know, yep. The first time I ever went to Australia, which is 2005 in Brisbane, um, I actually left my mate halfway through a, a night time out just so I could go back to watch Neighbours live in no. Australian time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's shocking. Nice. <laughs> and that was in Surface Paradise as well. Can you believe it? Wow. <laughs> and then we have William G. Schelling, who played Sergeant McFarland, born August 30th, 1939, unfortunately passed away. Most recently, February 28th, 2019, was an American actor in film and television. He played Dr. Harold Samuels on the television series Head of the Class between 86 and 91. We have Robert Allen Brown, who played Colonel Crocker. Robert Allen Brown passed away June 12th, 2018. He played John Perkins on NBC's soap opera Santa Barbara for 24 episodes in 1984. He's also played the minor role of the cafe-owned Ralph Statler in Psycho 2 and Psycho 3rd. Hmm. The cafe owner. You know what? I'm thinking about it. I don't think I've ever seen Psycho 2 and 3. Don't, don't think I'll have. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Psycho Three. I didn't realize there was a Psycho Three. I do remember there being a Psycho Two. Yeah, but. kind of. It kind of defeats the objects of the, being the first one of what happens at the end of it, doesn't it? Really. Anyway, <laughs> what am I about? Um, Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. And we have Mark Anderson who plays Private Earl Jackrabbit Lemasters. This was Mark's first credit on IMDb. Easy. 
got the money down and the bets covered just in time. Uh, here's the mail. Uh, fine. I'm looking for a Jessup McFarland. Oh, he's inside. Where is he? Where's my Avenger? He's in the truck. I still think we should have gotten a band for this occasion. Uh, well, which one of you is McFarland? McFarland? How many more are still inside? I'm in. Well, where's Jessup McFarland? We were told he was in there. That's me. I'm your new supply sergeant. Can you help me with this, Sonny? And point a weary old soldier to his billet. This guy could break the tape without leaving the starting line. You're Jessup McFarland, world-class sprinter? Oh, you mean Jesse Jr.? That's my boy. Just missed the Olympics by one-tenth of a second. People mix us up all the time. That's him right next to me. He's the thinner one. I'd love to stay and chat, but if I don't catch my afternoon nap, I'm nothing. Work. Winger, prep yourself for surgery. We bet a week's salary on a man who's just healthy enough to be in the human race? Who knew the kid had a father? All right, let's go ahead and discuss the episode. Tim being our guest, we'll get the first crack at it. Okay. Well, I thought it was quite a really good episode. Just the, um, we're not only just talking about the, the going for the run. Mm-hmm. I thought that was only a bit of a, a minor episode. It's only having the A story. Mm-hmm. But that B story with Charles just made it so much better. What oh, he yeah. did mm-hmm. for that young man um, that was getting bullied, that was just great. Like Charles, yeah. probably one of his best episodes I've done just about Charles. Um, and yeah, I thought it was just, yeah, quite a, quite a really good episode. Yeah. What would you give it between 1 to 10? I'd give it an eight, an 8.5. 8.5. Nice. Yeah. Nice. If there was no B story, I just would have given it a 7.5, really. Yeah. Yeah. So you liked the, you liked the Charles story, obviously, better. Than oh, I loved the, it. Yeah. Really liked that. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. But all right. How about you, Meds? Mm, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> did I'm you actually, not like this story? I've got two, two scores. Okay. okay. I've give the... Story about the race, 6 out of 10, because I find, found it annoying and pointless. And I gave the B story with Charles a 8 out of 10. So, okay, so the, the, reason, the reason for that is, one, I really think the Charles section of this story could have been the whole episode. Yes. And it could yes. have been, like, we, we've, we've, we've had something similar with the uh, pianist who um, lost the use of his right hand. Mm-hmm. So he had, to do, he had to learn how to play with his left hand. And that was a glorious episode. This is virtually mirroring this exact same thing, except for the fact, of course, if you've never seen this episode, which, is, which I know we've said this before, sometimes I'm really jealous about people who haven't seen MASH and are coming to it for the first time because yeah. we already know that his sister has a lisp. Sorry, a yeah. stammer. My dear brother Charles, it was wonderful to receive your latest tape. I have so much to tell you. Last night was the beginning of the symphony season. The guest artist was Pia Tagorsky. And so you kind of like, you know, we know that. 
Yeah, if you didn't know that, and when Charles puts it on and he's hearing his sister stutter as she's she's talking to him on the on the on the, the you know the record player, which again mm-hmm. is a, a very brave thing for somebody to do to record your voice. We, we all know that it's it's not easy doing these kind of things at the best of times. Oh, um, yes. And you know, I, I mean, I, me and Kenny have been doing this for years now, and I'm and I do it as a job as well as a voice actor. And I still don't not overly keen on <laughs> doing it which is a bit of a silly thing to go into the the other story with the race it's always good to see the 8063rd another a, a different uh, colonel in this one as well so clearly they they get rid of people left right and center i've never seen that head nurse before but i do like i do like the things that margaret says about about her about the fact she's got a bit of a reputation of of uh, sleeping around a bit she makes that kind of snidey comment which is which is always good um the large guy who turns up is a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a whatever it is. But I think we have to concentrate on the whole thing that Charles does, especially when he gives him the book. And we all know that Charles prides his books more than anything. In fact, mm-hmm. on the very last episode of MASH, he gives uh, Margaret um, a book. And Moby Dick is a great book to, to read. And, and the fact that the kid the kid has an interest anyway in comic books, which shows, again, we talked about this, Kenny, in, a, in the, uh, one of our well, we'll talk about it in a future episode, obviously, for our listeners. The fact that, you know, um, comic books and stuff like that do play an important part in MASH, but it also shows how young these people are. Nobody mm-hmm. likes a bully. Charles despises bullies, even though in his pecking order of social etiquette, he is a bit of a bully. When he, he is comes a bully, yeah. yeah. He is a bully. But he cannot, he cannot stand any kind of bullying when the person cannot help what they've done. You know, we can easily pick on Rizzo because he's an idiot. But as, as this private, you know, he's just a young man who feels that he's thick when he's, he's far from it. Just because he has a speech impediment is ridiculous to assume that he's thick. So I, I have to give it a high score for that. I, I just wish it was, was the whole episode, to yeah. be honest with you. I think yeah, me too. Even more justice. Yeah, again. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I actually, this is my highest rated. I gave it a nine of the six that we're watching this section. This what? was the highest. Yeah. <laughs> what? First of all, it what? had Follow Mokehi. Yes, no, the race no, one's the most. I'm just worried I'm, by the fact that so far you've given every score of these six things more than me. My yes, reputation is destroyed. <laughs> That's how it's going to be from here on out. So I will always score better than you. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so I gave it a 9 out of 10. I despise bully. I bu- I've been bullied most of my life. Uh, mm. not, not as an adult, but when I was younger, because I'm short, yeah. uh, I had a stutter. I still mm. have a stutter to this day. If I get nervous, and meds can attest to this, I'll, I will stutter over my words, um, mm. if, especially if I'm nervous or I'm trying to speak very quickly. So this really hit home for me, this episode. It's one of my, my one of my favorites, and I agree with Meds completely and with you, Tim, that yep. this episode should have been, the A story should have been this. I would have, I would have loved to have seen this story, you know, flushed out more, more of it with just little interstitials of the run happening yeah. with the competition. Would have been nice. Uh, I loved when Winchester dressed down Captain Sweeney. Captain Sweeney. If you say one more unkind word to Private Palmer, I will personally write a report detailing your inhumanity and I will have it placed in your 201 file where it will follow you for the rest of your career. But Major, that is yeah. that clear. Mm. He pulled him aside and, and he, was, uh, he was pissed off. And it was great to see that. And, you know, the fact that obviously he's a Major and this is the Captain, so he can dress him down. He can report mm. him, you know. So I liked, I liked that scene. Uh, I really liked the scene with Kelly and Palmer. You sure you wouldn't like to eat some more before I take your tray? Uh, I'd uh, 
don't want any more. Maybe you'd like me to just sit with you for a while. You like knock-knock jokes? I just heard a good one. Uh, no, 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 thanks. Okay. Well, I'll be back later if you change your mind. I thought it was very sweet. It was a really quick scene, but you know me and Kelly. So anytime they, she had this very sweet little moment with him, yeah. which was re- really, really cool. I did like that. I love the crosses on Father Mulcahy Sucks. <laughs> I, know, I noticed the little things like that. He had like these little crosses on the top of his socks. And I thought that was cute. Uh, very appropriate for the father. Obviously, I love the intera- all the interaction between Winchester and Palmer. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I love that he pulled him aside, away from mm. the other guys, and didn't do it in front of the other guys so they would make more, you know, make even more jokes at mm. him. I love the whole speech he had. I, this is Winchester at his best. I love Winchester. And, I'm, and the more I do this podcast, the more I, I fall in love with Winchester. He was never a huge favorite of mine back in the day. Mm. And I don't know why. Maybe just as I'm older and I'm appreciating his sensibility and his, his heart more. He, he, he is such an amazing character. And, and yes, he does retrograde back to the pompous ass because he's still that. You know, that, that's mm. what he is. But deep down, he is a very sweet, kind-hearted man. So when you, when you was younger, who, who was the one? I know, we, I know you talked about this on yeah. the, the recently recorded uh, Swampcast, which when, when I left halfway through. But um, you've just saying that, and that you, you like Winchester more, you appreciate Winchester more. So yeah. who, was your, who was your one when you was younger then? What was what, what stood out for you when you was younger? It was always Potter. It was always Potter. Potter. Yeah. Potter will always about, be my favorite. What about when Henry was, was there then? Uh, before that, it would have been Hawkeye. I would have gone yeah. with the majority. Hawkeye okay. was my favorite of the characters. And then BJ came, and I really liked BJ. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I love BJ. Yeah. Yeah. He's still... I think I'm more like BJ, morally, yeah. and just the kind of person he is. Tim, what about you? What, what, what was yours? Well, once um, BJ got on... I loved him. He was great. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. when I was a kid watching MASH, yeah, I didn't really like um, Charles. Just he seemed, yeah, so stuck up. But now watching all these episodes so many times, Charles is such a great character with how we've mm. had the episodes where he's just, like, helped this young man in this episode and yeah. then previously helped that other boy again. He's just really good character now, and I love Charles. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, just, I really, it's, it's weird how you can change over time, mm. you know, your favorite. Because, mm. I mean, Charles is up there with, like, Potter for me now. Really? The more I, yeah. The, this past few seasons, I've really grown to real, he's just, he's an incredible character. And like I said, he still has his faults, and I still like that. Mm. He's still pompous. He's still, sometimes they retrograde his character a little bit back to something that I think he's grown out of. But obviously, you know, it's for jokes usually. But... Mm. I really, I really enjoy his character, and I really enjoyed him in this episode. I love his speeches, and you could tell he's, he's talking from his heart. Yeah. You know, he, he truly means, and it's, and I don't, I, I would hope he would do this even if he didn't have a sister who had a speech impediment, mm. but I think it's doubly emotional for him is because he does, and he, I'm sure he's been there. I'm sure he's talked down a lot of people who made fun of his sister, you know, yeah. when they were kids. And so he stands up for those who can't speak for themselves. Yep. And I love that about him. And he's always done that, you know. Mm. You know um, so I, I like that they did this. I really, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. I did like the reveal that, you know, Charles' sister did have a stutter. Obviously, like Med said, we watched this a million times. I already knew that going into this episode, so it makes it even more powerful. But 
it's always a nice little at the very end. It's like an aha moment. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I know Charles is a, a you know, a, a fighter for the downtrodden, but now you understand why this meant so much to him mm-hmm. and why he wanted to take care of this kid. And I thought it was cool. I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed Moby Dick, but I don't know if I, you know, I, there's a lot better books out there than Moby <laughs> Dick. But I think so. I just think it's one of those <laughs> classics, though, isn't it? That it's definitely you know, a classic. You're gonna, if, and you're if you're going to uh, pick you, a book that's fun to read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you, you, I mean, you, you, you've got like you know Jason the Argonauts, you've got Robinson Crusoe, you've got any of the Greek mythologies. But if you're going to go into kind of like something that is tradition you wouldn't start off with shakespeare do you know what i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't start off with hamlet see i would love that but yes yeah (laughs) yeah no i understand i mean i read Moby dick and as you said that was one of the first books i read as a classic you know to introduce you to metaphors and to all this uh you know what what literature has to offer you so Mm. it was i think it was a good choice i'm just saying it's not my favorite book to give. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. This was a great way to start off the batch of six that we were watching. Because mm-hmm. I really... And with the running stuff, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was great. I love the fact that Farlam okay, he slowly wore this guy down to, you know, to appeal to his, mm. his, uh, his heart. And, you know, once he saw the kids, he realized, well, I should let the father win so they can get the money. Mm. I, I, I wonder, actually, though, if the father probably could have won anyway <laughs> to a certain degree because he's always doing boxing training he's always been very fit from the from the, the gecko when we first well when we get the second father Mulcahy when we get William Christopher in there he's always you know we always see him in the gym we always see him running he's always running back mm-hmm. and forwards it's, it's always mentioned that he's a very fit guy and even we, we see him in the more in the first staff he says oh yes I'm just out for my morning run so you can't so he does seem very knackered after the first five minutes of him running, and yeah. you think, okay, that's a bit bit weird, you know what I mean? I, well, I, they, 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 they did they did say that he's long term. See, I'm I'm a good sprinter, yeah, and I'm a good long term, but I'm I'm crap in the middle. So I start <laughs> I start off fast and then I die, but then so I get well, my do you second get, Do you get a bus in the middle then? You, you there start we go, off really yes. quick, jump yeah. on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they did mention that he is that. That's why they made it a longer race because they yeah. figured that Father would be able to catch up. So who knows? I mean, you know, but he did. He worked his magic anyways, and and got to the guy, and he mm. allowed him to win, which I thought was great. But I love the fact that he stops right before the stop the finish line that says yeah. all the money's going to go to charity. And on one condition, that all the winnings be donated to the orphanage. Allah, talk to him. You speak the same language. You don't have much time. Either donate it or lose it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and they're like, okay, okay, just do it. They just want to win. <laughs> That's all they wanted. They didn't care about the money anymore, <laughs> which was which was really fun. But no, I really, I really enjoyed this episode. I like you guys. I wish the B story was the main story, but it was still, it was still much, very much enjoyable. Excuse me, doctor. Yeah, I'm Captain Sweeney, engineers. Right. You suppose I could talk to my man? Well, I see no reason why not. They're doing very well. Hi, boys. How are you feeling? Fine, Captain. Yeah, I guess we were kind of lucky. And how about you, Palmer? You nice and comfy. Yeah, 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 yes, sir. Oh, that's good. Because I certainly wouldn't want it bothering you that you almost cost three men their lives. But, 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 I, I had no way of knowing that bed, 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 bedrock was unstable. Hell, I should have known better than to give any kind of responsibility to a dummy. I'm 
So, 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 so sorry, sir. Well, a fat lot of good that did it, it does. <laughs> Excuse me, Captain Sweeney. Uh, may I talk to you for just a moment, please? Sure, Major. What is it? Right this way, please. Okay. Captain Sweeney, if you say one more unkind word to Private Palmer, I will personally write a report detailing your inhumanity, and I will have it placed in your 201 file where it will follow you for the rest of your career. But, Major, that... Is that clear? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, I gave it... Uh, Tim, what did you give it? An 8.5. An 8.5. Kenny, you yeah. gave it... A 9. A 9. And I gave it... Uh, 8. Yeah, I'll stick with 8. I'll go with 8, okay? So IM, IMDB gave it a rating of 7.7. Which is pretty good for a mashup yeah. episode. Mm. You know, I mean, they, they're usually mid to low 7s. Some of the really yeah. good ones, they do do 8. So yeah, that's not too bad. 7.7. 7. It's mm. closer to you. Which, you know, is always sad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think we... Well, you know, the next episode's after this, Kenny. You're the one who's, who's uh, not being very kind. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you're the only hope we've got. Oh, sorry, I'm going to have to say no. Chicken! Margaret! I'm sorry, Father. As a priest, I don't think I should be a part of this kind of endeavor. Pardon me, but aren't you the same Father Francis Mulcahy who just last Thursday in your priestly way laid down a king high straight and said, read him and weep? Yes, and but... And the same Father Mulcahy who runs the hottest bingo game south of the 38th parallel? I'm afraid... Just answer the questions! Okay, okay, poker and bingo are one thing. But to have the responsibility for the money of others resting on my shoulders. Cut the excuses, Mr. Holier Than Now. Just run! If you don't do anything, the money's lost anyway. And this way, at least we have a chance of winning. It would be so much work. Training for something like this is brutal. You can't believe the pain. But uh, physical and ethical considerations aside, what's in it for me? What do you want? All right, let's move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one here. Uh, Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam, was created by Fawcett Comics in 1939. I assume that was the comic that he was reading. Hmm. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I've got Private Earl, Jack Rabbit Lemaster, Mark uh, Anderson, wears a Rutgers University sweatshirt uh, to warm up before the race. That's Hmm. a big university out here. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Whereabouts is that then? Not a clue. I know I just know I know the name. So it's like I a big just... college football yeah. university as well. Right. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, I got Margaret Hawkeye and BJ better weeks pay on the race. Although there are many variables including company pay, years in service, etc. A captain, which is Hawkeye and BJ's rank, made approximately three hundred and seventy dollars a month, which is around about ninety two dollars fifty a week. That's not bad for 1952, mm-hmm. is it, or something? Uh, Major Houlihan would have made around $470 a month, which is $117.50 a week. These, those amounts, factoring into inflation, will be $870.38 and $1,105.61 in 2019. Ah, that's not bad. So, that's, that's not a, bad going. That's a lot for a bet as well. I'm like, that's a pretty penny, yeah, to be able to just to, to give away. I know. And think about how much that when Hawkeye does those things where he he literally goes to the pub and drinks all of his money. Yep. That's a fair whack of drinking, <laughs> isn't it? I, mean, I, know, I know I like a beer, but bloody hell. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you have nothing else. He doesn't have family. At least BJ has to send his money back home. Hawkeye, unless he sends it to his dad. Trust me, even yeah. when you have family, you still need to have them beers. <laughs> we probably need them more than we <laughs> <you> don't. <laughs> the title comes from the common expression to start a race. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. This episode marks the first and only time Charles' sister, Honoria, voice is ever heard. She is revealed to have a speech impediment. Yep. Yeah. It's an interesting name as well. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that since, to be honest. It's probably yeah. rich money. It's one of those uh, older names that we probably don't hear that much anymore. No, true. Uh, when they are in the bar drinking beer from cans, they are aluminium pop-tops, which did not exist at the time of the Korean War. Three-piece steel cans opened by church key can openers would have been all they had in that era. Okay. Interesting. When Klinger hands Hawkeye his mail, you can see the stamp. The stamp is an inkwell and quill from the Americana series. It was issued on December 8th, 1977, which is 24 years after the ceasefire was signed. <laughs> Oops. I don't know these people with these eagle eyes who can see that stuff. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, a, it's certainly not us because all of us are wearing glasses. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Continuity error. When Father Mulcahy is explaining how he got Le Master to throw the race, the water bottle he's holding switches hands as he's walking away. Hmm. <laughs> There's always those little things. Here we are, Private. Yeah. I don't see any X-ray m- m- machines. Well, I must confess that the X-ray story was a ruse. I d- 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 don't understand. I just thought it uh, would be better if this conversation took place out of earshot of your sniggering comrades. I notice you're a devotee of uh, comic books. So? So? Nothing. Uh, I'm all for losing oneself in the pure adventuresome fun of a first-rate Captain Marvel. You read Captain Marvel? Ever since he was a non-com. <laughs> of course, there are other sorts of literature which one can enjoy. Have you ever read the classics? No, I'm uh, too dead de- de- down for that stuff. Ah, quite the contrary. I have read your record. You have an IQ that is well above average. I, I can't, 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 can't even talk. Palmer, it so happens that there is no correlation between intelligence and stuttering. As a matter of fact, some of the world's brightest people have been stuttering. Sir, n- name one. I'll name you several. Demosthenes, Thomas Jefferson, King George VI, Winston Churchill. Even if I were smart, n- n- no one would know it because I can't say anything. And I have the fun fact. Amanda McBroom, uh, who's Ellie Cartal in That Showbiz, is an accomplished singer and songwriter in real life. She composed The Rose Made Famous by Bette Midler. Here we go. Walt, the point is that you know it. You can aspire to a world that offers you a lot more than comic books. I want you 
to have this. It's Moby Dick. That is a wonderful adventure. I know. I, I read the c classic comic book. <laughs> uh, somehow, I suspect that this version will cover aspects that the other one uh, didn't. <laughs> this is real le leather. I can't take this. Please. I want you to have it. That is worthy of your intelligence. Thanks, M Major. How come you're d d d doing all this for me? I think you should get some rest. Uh, no. Trivia time. Last episode's question. On Mesh, she was a famous war correspondent. On Macmillan and Wife, she was Sally Macmillan. What's the actress's name? And the answer, Susan St. James. And this episode's trivial question is, what was the name of the colonel who transferred Winchester to the 4077? All right. Well, if you know the answer, go ahead and email me at nash4077podcast at gmail.com. Wait a minute. I saw that. So did I. What? Dad, what is that? What is all yeah, that? He's taking his loss awfully well, isn't yeah. he? Wait a minute, Padre. Back at the waterhole, you were drowning. The next thing I know, you're busting the tape. I suspect there's some cahootinizing going on. Father? Well, I could see by the way the Masters was toying with me, I didn't have a prayer. So, every time he let me get within earshot, I made conversation. Conversation? Oh, I talked about this and that, the weather, about how the rain would leak through the roof and drench those freezing, starving orphans. You know, just your average chit-chat. So, he, uh agreed to throw the race. You didn't beat him, you browbeat him. Then when I got to the finish line, I suddenly realized, what's a roof without a good floor underneath it and walls to hold it up? Well, I gotta hand it to Not you, Father. Bad. I really gotta hand it to you. I was bombing out until we got to the orphanage and he saw those dear little faces cheering me on. That's what really broke his will. Thank God. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at mash4077podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at geekyfanboy. You can find meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast. Or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to MASH 4077 Podcasts all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash GeekyFanboy. All right, I think that's going to do it. So overall, I know I loved this episode. I think we all loved it. Great episode. I gave it the highest score because I enjoyed the, the running part of it as well. But I think definitely, it's definitely probably one of my top, I'd say top 10 MASH episodes of all time. 
So wow. that is saying something. And it's a great Charles episode, too. That's always a plus now. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you very much. Of course. Uh, and of course, and of course, thank you to always to my amazing co-host, Neds. Thank you, beautiful. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> and until next time, we'll be seeing you. But father, we got to strike now. None of the other units know that you've won. The 82nd 28th has a guy they think has greased lightning, and he's not even as fast as LeMaster's. Claire, will you please leave me alone? I just want to put my winnings in the safe. I don't want any part of your petty profiteering. You're passing up a golden opportunity. I saw the way you ran LeMaster's into the ground. The smart money will be on you, except you and I will be the only smart ones. Clinger, the smart money is going in there. Father, you're a winner. For your information, the race was fixed. Fixed? I don't believe it. Yes. LeMaster's threw it for personal reasons. I couldn't beat him in a car. Boy, I'm glad you told me. I could have made some very foolish bets. Thanks. Thanks for telling me, Father. Sparky! Sparky! All bets are off! Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, the Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.